Welcome to episode 19 of the Revolution Podcast, where I, your host Ryan, sit down with industry experts to discuss the latest trends in e-mobility, clean tech, and the future of transportation. Today I'm joined by Overith Chong, Managing Director of Offer Accelerator and Director of Green Mobility at NG, Frederick Allard, Senior Vice President and Head of E-Mobility at Scania, and Bjorn Utgard, who is the VP of Sales at EVBox. We also have an exciting announcement regarding Revolution at the end of the episode. Into the episode we go. Thank you for joining the podcast over with Frederick and Bjorn. This is the first for me and the podcast where we now have three guests instead of one. But for this conversation, we really felt that having all three of you here today would make for a great discussion. It also means the listeners don't have to listen to me as much. So as per the usual format of the podcast, it would be great if you could all introduce yourself. So if we start with Frederick and then to Overith and then Bjorn. My name then is Fredrik Allard. I've been 25 years with the, the, with the company, uh, Senior Vice President and Head of E-Mobility Solutions. And if we should describe Scania then, uh, I, I would say that the best way of putting it is that we are a world leading provider of transport solutions. We have uh, 50,000 employees in about 100 countries. Uh, And together with our partners and customers, we are driving the shift towards a sustainable transport system. But if I would describe it to to my family, I would say that we sell, develop and produce heavy commercial vehicles such as trucks, buses and engine for marine and industrial applications. Perfect. Thanks for the introduction. Would you be able to introduce yourself as well, Overith? Sure, Ryan, and uh, thank you for having uh, for having me. So uh, I'm Overith Trang uh, uh, at NG, and uh, I'm heading green mobility at NG. So uh, I'm very pleased to be with uh, all of you and also with the audience uh, to share our contribution to um, this uh, carbon neutral transition of transport. Uh, I think it's a very key today that we see this transformation of uh, uh, the truck and bus industry. And I think that uh, both with Frederick and Bjorn, uh, we're really happy to share what we are doing on a day-to-day basis uh, to uh, to uh, foster it. So uh, let's talk about NG in a very few words. So NG, we are an energy and a services company. We are about 160,000 uh, across, uh, operating across uh, 60 countries worldwide. So uh, we do all that is related to energy. So uh, we produce energy, we transport and we distribute energy, but we also uh, serve our customers, uh, our end customers in using energy. Our purpose at NG is uh, to foster the transition to a carbon neutral economy. So uh, I guess that uh, we all know that uh, transport uh, represents uh, roughly uh, uh, close to 25% of the greenhouse gas emissions today. And so it's very important that we contribute to reducing these emissions. And uh, with our partners, uh, uh, Frederick from Scania and Bjorn from EVBox, uh, uh, I think we are proud today to contribute today to uh, the electrification of transport by doing all the necessary works to install the EV chargers from EV box uh, at the customer site for the drivers to drive uh, uh, Scania's electric vehicles and electric trucks. So I think that uh, what we target today is to bring this peace of mind to our uh, users and to uh, the EV drivers uh, to have a, a safe and secure journey with the electric vehicles. Thanks for your introduction. So Bjorn, our listeners might recognize you from episode eight of the podcast, where you are our guest. Would you be able to introduce yourself once more? 
and also explain what brings EVBox, Scania, and NG together today. Sure. Yeah. So I'm Bjorn Utgård. I'm a VP Sales at uh, EVBox. I've been here for three and a half years. Uh, electrical, mechanical, engineer, energy, economics uh, background. Um, I'm in this industry very deliberately because I've been, um, well, as long as I can remember, I've been very interested in the interchange between energy, environment, industry, and seeing how how if we you do do things in the bad way, it has a negative impact on the environment, but also seeing this amazing amount of innovation that exists out there. And that's what I'm really, I'm really enthusiastic about EV charging and charging of trucks and buses for because it's really at this inter- interface of greening of mobility and greening of, of energy at the same time. Um, so at EV Box, you know, we've been in industry for, for more than 10 years and I'll, I'll talk a bit about that later. Um, we are partnered with Scania. Scania was looking for a partner because I think Scania saw, and, and I think Frederick will, will talk about this, that um, uh, although the electric trucks offer a lot of, and buses offer a lot of benefits on the TCO perspective and, and, and efficiencies, it's a new situation. There are new challenges that are out there. Um, a lot of times the um, the, the, the truck operator has never really had to think much about fuel supply because there's a full industry doing that. And now this is different. Uh, and uh, what we really see is that we have ideas together. Scania has ideas, Angie has ideas, we have ideas, but it's really about this exchanging, engaging with the customers, seeing the real world and quickly adapting how we, uh, we approach the market and finding those innovative solutions as we go forward. And that's how we have this well, uh, initially pan-European uh, uh, partnership, but we really see, see no frontier here um, and going forward and really accelerating the advent of, of zero emission transport. Thanks for the introduction, Bjorn, and for explaining the nature of the partnership as well. Hopefully our listeners learned a little bit about the three of you and the companies you work for. So I wanted to start by acknowledging that the majority of people would associate electric vehicles with passenger vehicles, such as a Tesla, for example. However, Scania specializes in heavy transport and trucks. And I wanted to ask you, Frederick, about the main differences and challenges between electrifying the passenger car industry and heavy transport. Well, same trends apply for commercial vehicles as for passenger cars, but different cell chemistry and amount of energy storage are needed due to different demands. One example is life length. A passenger car has a life length of 300,000 kilometers. Meanwhile, a truck has a life length of approximately 1.5 to 2 million kilometers. So five to seven times a passenger car life length. Another example is weight. A passenger car weighs approximately 1.5 ton. Meanwhile, an empty regular tractor weighs between six to seven tons and will carry a trailer of approximately 30 ton. So huge difference in product demands. <clears throat> but we are already there with the technology to cope with these demands. But the biggest difference is that our customers have their vehicles to make money. And our job is to make sure that they have the right tools to make as much money as possible. And this will not change. The truck industry will still be driven by total cost of ownership, TCO. One key element of TCO is uptime. 
A battery electric vehicle requires less service than the conventional one, meaning higher uptime. But the key element for the uptime is charging. And our plan is to have battery capacity to drive for 4.5 hours and then recharge in 45 minutes. Uptime and mandatory break in the European Union give good base for this scenario with interim charging on the highways using the mandatory 45-minute break. Energy storage capacity and mega charging will be important to enable driving for 4.5 hours and charging for 45 minutes. When we have this, there will be no hurdles on the way to reach TCO parity between BEV and traditional combustion engines. And the question is not if this will happen, rather when it will happen. And about when... We have made some quite bold statements regarding this. Scania is the first major manufacturer to sign up to the science-based targets. The science-based targets is the joint initiative to reach the Paris Agreement of limiting global warming to two degrees. Concretely, for us, this means that by 2030, electrified vehicles will account for 50% of our total sales volume. But once again, this will be possible when we reach TCO parity between diesel engines. And we actually see that coming for earlier than 2030. In 2025, we will have already 10% of our total sales volume electrified, most, most of which will be coming from Europe, where this share will be much higher. So this is not happening in a distant future. This is happening here and now. And one very good thing about science-based target is that we aren't the only ones having these strong ambitions. Our customers, they are also driving this for forward at an amazing speed. Uh, so that is, from, from my side, then, some differences and some uh, uh, prerequisite to make this happen. And I was wondering if you'd like to add anything to that, Bjorn. Uh, yes, uh, I was just going to say that actually I was at the, the climate negotiations in, uh, in 2009 in Copenhagen. So I've been, uh, been also in this climate change world for quite a long time. And I remember making a forecast. We tried to make a, well, in 2009, we published a report. I was working for a year uh, for a Norway European based NGO and we were trying to calculate how to combat global, global warming. And I remember looking ahead then, this this was far before solar really started to take off. And we were like, wow, we think we're going to get 30% solar and, and wind by 2050. And and it was impossible to imagine that uh, that uh, that what just Frederick just said would be possible to state with such with such gravity just just over a decade later. It's amazing to see the transition that's happened. And I think that's also what we see when we go forward, uh, that things actually happen a lot faster than than we think when we look ahead. Yeah, that's a really interesting point. I think it's important to remember that um, oftentimes when you see these forecasts, what, what it is, is really, is just one version of the future. But you have to also remember that the future doesn't come to us. We actually create the future. It's actually a result of our actions. And so just by, by, by making assertions, making statements and making very clear decisions of where you want to go actually accelerates the, the, the arri arrival of that future. 
And I think that's um, that's what makes me very hopeful for for uh, this part of the climate uh, combat that we can actually reduce transport emissions uh, faster than was was thought just a few years ago. I, I really see the same thing. It's it's amazing that that you you said really tough ambitions and and uh, the year after that you see that ah uh, it it is really going faster than what you you expected so each year it's it's more or less uh, that increasing the pace of of uh, this transformation yeah i remember i remember this actually uh, ryan you know i i drove um the first time I drove an electric uh, uh, car was in 2008, and there was like some small, tiny cars that I drove in Norway, and you could not imagine that. Those were that's when we were making this forecast or trying to look at how to combat global warming, and you were starting thinking about charging the moment you could you got in the car. And, and then, of course, things happened very, very quickly. Uh, the Tesla Roadster came, the Model S came, it just the Model 3 just showed everyone that actually with a little bit of thinking out of the box, you could you could radically uh, speed up the, the transition. And that's what I see also, I'm very excited about uh, Scania showing here because they're actually, when Scania is making these statements, it's not based on, on purely on, on wishful thinking. This is actually, this is hardcore engineering going on in the labs right now and manufacturing as, actually as well. Thanks for those insights on Scania, Frederick and Bjorn. So I think this is a good point to bring an overwrith to discuss the energy perspective and the main challenges in regards to charging infrastructure. Yes, thank you, Ryan. And uh, to relate with uh, what Bjorn and Frederick were saying, clearly, uh, I would say you know, we have seen uh, the trend accelerating uh, to, uh, to go to electrification and to be able, I would say, to uh, uh, to really implement this transition to uh, to, uh, to a carbon neutral um, environment. And I think that uh, what is important is that uh, we are all together uh, to tackle the challenges uh, that, uh, that are in front of us uh, regarding uh, uh, this topic of uh, electrifying uh, transport. And it's a, a major change for the industry. And I think that uh, Frédéric will comment uh, on uh, how much uh, uh, it makes sense for a company like Scania to uh, to be a leader uh, into this transition. For us, the challenges is uh, uh, what we can bring, I would say, to the table as being an energy company. I think that Frederick is uh, fully bringing, I would say, the vehicle that is needed uh, to be, uh, for uh, the customers, for the transport operators to be able to uh, to operate uh, uh, with as less as uh, emissions uh, as uh, as we can. Bjorn uh, is providing the charging infrastructures, and for us, uh, we are acting. I would say to uh, identify and uh, to install at the right locations the the uh, electric chargers uh, to cater to uh, the customer usage. I would say that it's not only finding the right location, but it's also finding the right connection to the grid because uh, uh, Frederick mentioned it, you need to have a high uptime for uh, the electric trucks and buses, meaning that uh, you need in fact to charge rapidly these uh, heavy duty vehicles and you need to use fast charger and even uh, I would say ultra fast chargers. So uh, we are starting at 150 kilowatt on 175 kilowatt. And for the moment, when you are on a bus on a truck depot, uh, the depots are not configured usually to bring that much power to um, uh, to to the depot. So it means that uh, you have to take care when you have only one electric vehicle, two electric vehicle. I would say it may be sufficient, but uh, when you have a fleet of electric vehicles and Frederick and Bjorn are helping the customers to imagine what it means 
to uh, convert a whole fleet to electric vehicles and to bring in the charging. We know that we need, I would say, to upgrade the infrastructure. So it means that on a depot, we need to do everything that is needed to bring the energy. We need also, in fact, to imagine where we can find, uh, where we can implement the EV chargers en route. And so where we can be close to uh, industrial uh, hubs, uh, logistic hubs. And so we are willing to find the good locations to uh, install these chargers, but also in the public uh, space. We need also to be able, in fact, to implement charging hubs uh, along the highways, but also near the airports, near the harbors, to make sure that uh, the EV drivers, when they drive trucks and buses, they have, I would say, enough comfort that they will find an EV charger. But it's not about charging infrastructure. It's also bringing the energy. When Frederick is talking about SBT, when Bjorn is uh, talking about uh, the whole move uh, going into uh, this uh, carbon neutral transition, the idea is that it's not about only using the clean fuels that will help us to decarbonize, but we also need uh, to uh, use uh, the cleanest fuels as possible. So it means uh, that us at NG, we are willing also to provide the green electricity. It could be in a form of a very specific supply that we call corporate green power purchase agreement. But I think what's done, the, the very good option too, is uh, to build uh, the own uh, on-site uh, uh, photovoltaics installation. So on the roof of the bus depot or truck depot, you will have plenty of space to implement uh, solar panels uh, to be able to generate this own energy. And by generating it, you will also need to store it. So we will provide also all the battery storage that could be needed on the bus depot to make sure that you can store the energy. So I would say that these are the two main challenges, but uh, on top of what has been said previously, we need to make it TCO compatible. And by saying this, we also need to bring the financing solutions that we can provide for the customers because we know that it's very capex incentive especially if you add all the different uh, uh, optional services that I mentioned. And uh, what we say to the customers is that if you prefer, I would say, uh, not to own it and you prefer to rent it or to pay it as, uh, as you go, then we'll be able, both with Frederick and Bjorn, I would say, to build up the solutions that you will need to make it easy for you to use and to adopt in terms of electric vehicles. And I will say that last but not least, the ultimate challenge is digitalization. And uh, Bjorn uh, has, uh, I would say, uh, he's very keen on this, but I will say that uh, for us as an energy company, we see a tremendous potential in smart charging, meaning that uh, we can play with the moments where we need to charge the different electric vehicles just to make sure that it does not overload the grid, that maybe for the customer and for the transport operator, he will be able to pick the right uh, electricity price at the right moment, but also that we can source with as much uh, as possible green energy uh, coming from the local installation. It can be on-site solar panels, it can be a local wind farm, it can be many different type of renewables, but what is important is that we can bring this uh, green energy to the customers and make sure that from end to end we decarbonize. Thanks for that, Overith. And I'm sure there's a lot that EVBox can bring to the table in regards to charging infrastructure beyond. Yeah, good. I, 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 thanks for that cue, Overith, uh, on the smart charging. Well, we we um, um, we actually well as we look forward to kind of what's the the next next things up upcoming, you know, and, and what is it that we need to do. 
um, it really starts with, uh, we can look back and we can look at the history. What did we learn about car charging? And, and the first thing that anybody has um, uh, learned about, uh, or anybody who's driving the car and who can charge at home, they say that, well, charging at home is the obvious thing that you do. And that's the same thing we see um, here in uh, with, with trucks. It's really about, the, all the projects we're doing now are really about Home Depot charging. That's where everyone starts. Um, and then what we see is is pretty immediately there are a couple of things that start happening. The first thing is that, um, well, I don't, don't intend to only get one truck. I'm going to get more trucks and more buses. So so then pretty quickly you start to, to figure out, okay, do I have enough power available here or not? And that's when we see that it's important that, I mean, we have smart charging load balancing built into the chargers, but we also see that having a, a long experience, we've been in this industry for 10 years, you know, to have experience to ask, um, not necessarily looking for the most fancy technology solution always. Sometimes there will be easier solutions to, to implement that will reduce cost and, and can get stuff done faster. So those are the things that we we work with uh, together with um, with our local fulfillment parts with Engie in, in some countries, Caverion in, in the Nordics and and TSG in Switzerland and Italy. We those are people that are very used to working with grid connections, working with looking at what are the smart energy solutions that we can implement locally. Because we know that even though Evenbox is a global technology leader and we invent, uh, we develop uh, technologies on the hardware, on the software for charging management, what we see is that a lot of these uh, customers' depots, when there is no such thing as a standard logistics depot. There, there's always a little bit difference. So that's very, very important for us to, to be able to work together to come up with the right solution. Also, what we see is because uh, Scania is taking a very diligent approach to selecting the customers that that get these first vehicles, and I, I think Frederick, we see that there is more demand uh, than there is supply. So we have to be able to to find those early early adopters that have the right uh, mixture of duration, how far they drive, so that we can optimize the the, the total cost uh, of that solution. So yeah, so that the, that home charging, smart depot charging, that's really where we we see it starting but what's also very interesting is that um the other thing observation already from the first first project together is immediately uh almost immediately the depot owner will say well i have a transporter and he's getting electric truck too and now he wants to charge on my chargers so what do i do and so that's why it becomes important to also provide easy access across different legal entities and that's where we can also leverage our experience from car charging this is how how we let different uh, operators different owners of infrastructures and vehicles actually exchange energy so they can they can easily pay for charging at the depot and you can keep track of it you can give access to it so those are those are things that immediately come come in and then, of course, Friedrich mentioned also um, about what I think is, is, for me, it's just a beautiful thing that you learn when you go into a segment. This, this thing about four and a half hours driving, 45 minutes charging, and four and a half hours driving, it's by law. So, so that's your constraint. And, and, and as Friedrich said, if you can meet that, well, then you have, uh, then you have a golden egg. Right, and that's why uh, public charging is going to uh, is going to become more important over time. And what we see is that we transition from these uh, home depots, which now become accessible for your transporters as well. And you're going to start to see, well, now I'm going to drive a regional route, let's say three and a half, four or five, four, four, four and a half hours. I'm going to offload my 
goods. While I'm while I'm offloading it, I'm going to charge it up at high power, and then I'm going to be picking up something else and going somewhere else. You know, so that's that's the kind of next trap: the semi semi public, semi private. And then as as these uh, big big babies of <laughs> of you know being able to drive four and a half hours and charge in forty five minutes. If you do the math on that. You, you end up with somewhere between 600 and 80, 800 kilowatt hours probably and you or uh, and you probably need to charge it at something like 800 to 900 kilowatts essentially a megawatt charger that we are also working on um, which then you can you can see installed as over it was saying in this kind of logistics hub so several companies can share that infrastructure as an example but you will also probably start to see it on on kind of more of the traditional truck stops along the along the route. Um, so that's um, that's a little bit on how we see kind of the the transition of of charging type of the type of charging infrastructure, right? Um, yeah, and then I also mentioned briefly that <clears throat> it's very important that we don't create islands of infrastructure. That we create open that we try to create an open marketplace. Uh, as soon as as early as possible, because that will allow us to use each each charger installed more effectively. We can deliver more kilowatt hours. The more people can, the more trucks can use one charger. The better economics it is, um, and that's why I think it's very interesting for us uh, together with NG because uh, you know every in these hubs there will be three four companies around the same area, and if we can bring them together, and the same thing together with Scania, Scania knows who's thinking about going electric. Electric. We know where those uh, NG knows where those uh, charging transport or those transport hubs are, and and then we can really plan that infrastructure together, and that's what I'm really excited about. Yeah, that's really great. And one thing that occurs to me is how remarkable it is that something as relatively new as electric vehicles and charging infrastructure can involve so many different stakeholders, from EV Box to Scania to NG, with different customers and different goals. It's amazing to see how these multinational companies can collaborate. You've been at EVbox for a few years now, Bjorn. What are your thoughts on this? Well, I, I think um, definitely it's it's a bit surprising that it happened so fast, but but not really when you look back, right? At, at how quickly it changed with cars. What I find is my experience. I've I've done. Uh, I remember <laughs> my wife is from Costa Rica, and we did an electric vehicle, um, electric mobility festival in 2017. We issued T-shirts for people to come and show their electric cars. Lots of people, like hundreds and hundreds of people came. We had an electric bus even. And what you see is that it builds an incredible enthusiasm. Uh, just being able to, uh, we had electric bicycles. People love this stuff. And that's what I see also with, uh, if we remember, if we think about who's, who are the main customers uh, of our customers. So our customers being transportation companies and being logisti uh, logistics companies. Their customers are, cust are companies that are now facing completely change marketplace, right? Everyone is, is now saying, well, I, I want to have, I want to reduce my environmental footprint. I want to have zero emission delivery. When I order my, my if I order something delivered home, I'm getting the choice. Do you want to have an eco delivery, you know? And that's what we see happening here in the market. And that's what I think this is also accelerating. So I mean, we, we see the earlier, early customers here are primarily those that are exposed to consumers, right? With uh, retail and those that are exposed to municipalities in terms of city buses, waste trucks, where there's where there's a very clear expectation of being being uh, an environmental leader, and that's why I think 
this is also going to accelerate very quickly because once you've seen it, there's no way back. I'd love to hear your thoughts on this as well, Frederick. Yeah. yeah. Uh, first of all, we, we touched it, um, the, 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 the early adopters and how to choose uh, the, the right customers when, uh, when we don't have enough capacity to deliver. I think timing of, of the charging infrastructure is very, very important. Now, in the beginning, it's, it's easy to, to connect to the grid because the, the, the capacity of electricity is there. Uh, but uh, when we when we talk about 10% of the vehicles and 50% of the vehicles, the grid connection and the effect of the, uh, the, the electrical grid will be really crucial uh, and not to jeopardize uh, the timing for this to happen. We need to be very early in starting to plan for our customers, together with our customers, how to build up this infrastructure. As you say, Bjorn, starting probably with uh, home uh, depot charging, maybe then destination charging as the next step, but also finding the right corridors for where where public or en route charging will be needed and and, uh, start to plan for that uh, early now. And that is also one of the the, 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 why we think that it's so important to go into partnerships here, uh, not not just leaving this to the customer and and to to Evibox. We want to be part of this to make sure that our customers start planning for this early enough. And another thing beyond that you mentioned is um, it's it's amazing to see how um, both employees and customer w- w- would like to. Uh, to push this transition. And uh, I think one is um, the the product itself. Uh, Maybe you remember first time you stepped into electrical vehicle and I can tell you the first time I drove an electrical truck. I had a smile from one ear to another. It's really, uh, it's amazing. And if you had any doubts that this can happen with such a heavy vehicles, those doubts are gone and you can uh, uh, start looking forward to to uh, having these electrical trucks on the streets <laughs> yeah it's amazing uh, <laughs> I, th- I think that uh, we uh, over it there should be a lot of um, I mean it, there should be a lot of reconstruction uh, build back better funds around uh, the European Union has huge infrastructure plans and uh, we are working uh, we created an alliance in, in Brussels uh, called charge up Europe together with uh, other peers from the charging industry and the charging operators, charging infrastructure manufacturers. And we see that as one very key point we are making to the to the commission and to, to policymakers in all the member states is uh, you have to front load. You have to see that there's infrastructure. You have to help early adopters. They are taking additional cost because the volumes are not there yet. And, and you have to help them get started. And we're seeing good trends, uh, good developments there. And over it, I'm sure you'd like to add something here. Yeah, so what is impressive is that uh, we are fully aligned on uh, what we expect from this transformation uh, in the industry. Uh, It's going to be massive. And uh, the way I see it is that 
it's not only about changing one usage, but uh, it has, I would say, the potential to change the way we see the energy system. It means that uh, we were we used to have, I would say, the energy to power uh, our vehicles here in Europe coming from far, far, far away. And today, what we say is that we even have by changing the usage, the potential to change the way we produce and uh, we use this energy. So I think that is very important because we have both, I would say, a leading player that is able to uh, change the way the industry is seeing the vehicle. We have uh, a very important player who will uh, bring in uh, the charging infrastructures and make the necessary connection between the vehicle and uh, the rest of the energy system. And uh, we are very humbly willing to, uh, I would say, contribute in changing this energy ecosystem. And really, uh, I do believe that with all what we see in terms of the green deals, bringing in more renewables, bringing in online uh, new energy sources, it makes the energy sources uh, very much more local, more renewable, but also it fosters the use of an energy which will be more efficient. So it's also about uh, energy efficiency that we are looking at. Perfect. So I wanted to spend the next part of the discussion looking towards the future. This partnership is really exciting and you can really see the expertise that each stakeholder brings to the table. So Frederick, what are you most looking forward to from this partnership going forward? Yeah, first of all, stronger integration in the sales process. Our customer, they want uh, they want to turn key solutions so they can just turn to us and, and we will solve everything. So I think that, that is really the core uh, of this. And of course, uh, we, we can expect that we, we get all the best expertise within all areas included in our offering, ranging from the, from the vehicle to the battery, charging infrastructure, as well uh, as green energy contracts. Uh, because, I mean, in the end, it's all about creating peace of mind for our customers. Uh, we need to provide that uh, 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 we need to provide a solution uh, that uh, works exactly as well as our traditional combustion engine. Uh, but uh, I would say with, uh, with the big advantage of, of being uh, even more profitable uh, than before. And what about for EVbox Beyond? Well, I think that uh, first of all, it's it's really about ex executing uh, the the um, executing with excellence, uh, making sure that, uh, that that we can really follow follow through on on what we what we want to do, what we hope to do. Be very very quick together with our local partners as well, and being um, being responsive. Um, always when you are entering into new territory and and, and chartered <laughs> like new space. I mean, we're not new to to charging, but but these customers are new to charging and there are new contexts. Um, it's just really about how quickly can you respond, how dynamic can your communication be across the whole board. And I see that that's, that's uh, we're on to a very good start here. I must say that I'm, I'm really impressed with the way that, um, that um, the teams are able to coordinate and, and exchange information and, and be uh, forward-looking in terms of how we develop. But what I would expect 
kind of going forward is that, well, initially, as I said, smart charging is really not so complicated because you don't have that many vehicles. It's when you're gonna start to electrify 50, 60 vehicles in one site. That's when you start to have to think ahead, you know? And so that's what we are really doing now, uh, looking at, okay, you're gonna move depots in two years. Okay, let's start thinking now about how much power you need. Uh, let's start thinking now about where we place the charging stations and stuff like that. And I also expect that um, the digitalization that Ovid mentioned earlier is, is going to be uh, really important because at the end of the day, it, it, it comes down to can we facilitate smarter decisions from our customers? Can we help them get the insights that they need? And can we help them plan the use of these CapEx, rather CapEx heavy assets, you know, in, in a smart way? If you're paying more for the truck uh, and, and the charger than you would pay for a diesel truck and, and, and yeah, you don't have to buy a diesel pump. <laughs> um, the CapEx is higher, but the savings on the operations is, is very, very uh, significant. And that means if you you can get more kilometers out of that vehicle that goes straight to your bottom line. And that's where I see that the data integration, being able to uh, integrate how the charger engage with the vehicles and help those uh, transporters um, plan their, their vehicle use in a smarter way. That's where I, I expect us to see, um, see some interesting developments in the coming years. And of course, ever higher power, right? <laughs> Uh, megawatt and, and doing those 45 minutes of breeze that's 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 when I'll have a big bottle of champagne <laughs> and I'm sure you all will be so finally what about NG over yeah the, the, the keywords were mentioned I think that's uh, it's peace of mind it's peace of mind for the customers Pion uh, say that uh, I would say it's it's pretty new for the customers and sometimes you may be afraid of what is new and uh, it's uh, our day-to-day -day job to make sure that uh, the customers is comfortable with the new solutions and that he don't run into issues uh, when uh, he will operate it uh, on a daily basis. So I think that uh, our expectation for this partnership is really, I would say, to improve on a day on on the day-to-day -day basis, uh, our offer to uh, the customers and to be able to address all, I would say, the questions and the issues that uh, he can see in uh, going Electric. I think that uh, we have Frederick and Scania bringing in, uh, I would say, the top class uh, electric vehicle, whether it's a bus or whether it's a truck. We have Beyond providing the high quality uh, uh, charging infrastructure that is needed, I would say, from uh, the fast charger that we have until, hope so, very soon, uh, the megawatt uh, power charging. And for us at NG, what we are willing to do is uh, to be able to uh, install, maintain the charging infrastructures to uh, ensure that uh, the customers uh, enjoys the, the higher times that he needs uh, for operating safely um, the EV solutions. And I think that uh, we are also aiming at uh, bringing, it, uh, bringing it together, the clean energy supply, to make sure that from end to end, we are moving into uh, carbon neutral transport. So I think that all the elements are here to provide to the customers uh, what he needs to, um, I would say, transition into uh, carbon neutral transport and also to uh, rapidly optimize uh, all the costs of the solutions. So I think that Bjorn mentioned it. Uh, uh, the idea is uh, really to help the customers and uh, to bring, I would say, uh, the right pricing of euro per kilometer or euro per electric kilometer that uh, the customer needs to uh, be able, in fact, to operate uh, with these uh, clean solutions. Thanks to all of you for sharing your prospects for the future in regards to this partnership. 
So as I mentioned at the beginning of the episode, we have an exciting announcement regarding Revolution to share. We're delighted to announce that Scania is an official partner at Revolution Conference 2021, and we can't wait to welcome them on October 5th. Would you like to add anything, Frederick and Bjorn? Revolution was the first time I, I actually met TV Box, um, and um, I, I see it's a natural thing to do because what we're trying to do is to to rapidly in, in, increase and scale up this industry. We're trying to get more people enthusiastic about uh, the, the 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 things that we're doing, the technologies we're building, the problems we're trying to solve, um, and and the objectives that we're trying to reach for society, and that's what re- revolution really is about. And it's really about going beyond us as a supplier. Of course, we have we we are part of an industry, so like everyone else, we have competitors. Uh, but what we realized is that. Our commercial success will, at the end, depend on how quickly we can get this industry bigger. And that's why we founded Revolution, really to to bring uh, everyone on board and help increase uh, awareness and get get learnings across. I mean, there's so many things we have to learn and and we can learn them from all sorts of parts of the value chain. And and that's why I'm so excited about Revolution. That's how also I got excited about joining EV Books and being part of the industry. Okay, great. And Frederick? Um, I, I, of course, look forward to this uh, revolution event. Uh, I think it will be great to to be part of that. Uh, and, and really, I think that that idea is great uh, to, uh, to boost the learnings and the cooperation by an event like that. Okay, well, I recommend our listeners to follow Revolution on social media, as well as visit revolutionconference.com for more information. I think this is a good segue to discuss what else you're looking forward to in 2021. So, Frederick, would you like to start? Uh, you, you know, we, we have taken um, a pretty big part of the battery development, uh, battery production. Uh, and uh, this year we will also inaugurate our new battery laboratory. And I, that, uh, that is something that we will announce. And I think uh, that, uh, that we look forward very much to because that will be a great arena uh, for also for learnings when it comes to to uh, uh, making the best use and having the best uh, batteries that we can uh, that we can have uh, and also of course following last year's launch of our first first range of electrical trucks then we uh, promised uh, to launch something new uh, every year and uh, of course that is also still to happen so um, that is something to look forward to as well that sounds really really exciting so over what about Engie? Um, I feel very there will be many projects that we are we are we are developing currently, and uh, we uh, we hope that uh, they will come online during the year in 2021. Um, we are working a lot uh, about uh, one key element that we mentioned, which is public charging, and uh, so uh, we are many working on many different projects uh, here in Europe. But uh, we are going as far as Singapore, and uh, we hope that uh, one very specific case that we need in Singapore will uh, will come 
come up uh, uh, very soon. And uh, more broadly speaking, uh, at NG, uh, I think that uh, 2021 uh, is the, the year where we are uh, keeping up to our commitments. Uh, so uh, we just announced that uh, 2027 will be the year where you will have a full phase out of a coal for electricity production um, within NG. But uh, we decided uh, in uh, some countries uh, where we operate, like Chile, uh, for example, to uh, phase out coal uh, as early as uh, 2025. And uh, we have a partnership, specific partnership with uh, the government here to be able also to uh, develop increasingly renewables uh, there in this, uh, in this uh, country. So I think that for the rest, uh, we will have at NG a strategic update that will be uh, shared with uh, everyone. It will be on the 18th of May. So uh, I invite uh, everyone here and also the audience uh, to join on the 18th of May and uh, to see uh, many uh, and much more of what NG will deliver starting this, this from this year. So a lot of really exciting news all around then. And beyond, would you like to close? What I'm super excited about is that that we have a very short feedback loop from the field to the lab so that we can learn very quickly from the from the first customers. There's there's a lot of value to be delivered here. There's a lot of value, a lot of good solutions to to be developed. Even if you have a charger, uh, sometimes you need a longer cable. Sometimes you need a different way to mount it. Um, finding those right solutions is what I'm super excited about. And that is what we are doing as a partnership here because you can't really do the charger without you have to understand that the vehicle is intrinsical to the charging part and the way you you manage install and manage that infrastructure is also just as important so so i'm excited about uh, the road ahead and um, yeah i'll definitely look out for 18th of may and and um, i'm looking forward to uh, some um, some big news uh, in the fall at uh, from scania as well <laughs> well it was an absolute pleasure to welcome all of you Thanks for joining the podcast. Thank you, Frederick. Thank you, Robert. Thanks, Fran. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, everyone. Thank you very much. It was really great to welcome Overith, Frederick, and Beyond to the podcast to discuss the differences between electrifying the passenger car industry and heavy transport, the main challenges to adapting charging infrastructure to e-trucks and e-buses, and announcing Scania as an official partner for Revolution Conference 2021. We'll be back for another episode soon. Revolution Conference 2021 is just 142 days away. Register today at revolutionconference.com.